Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4219 of the Bugle, audio newspaper for a world that may well be visual, but is still a stone-cold thing idiot most of the time. I'm Andy Zaltzman, coming to you recordedly live from the shed of unquenchable truth in South London, and if you listen very carefully... You can probably smell with your ears the putridity emanating from Downing Street some six or seven miles north of here. Can you hear it? There it was. It was unmistakable, wasn't it? You're getting it. You're getting it. I'm definitely getting it. It's like a cross between a stench, a wheeze, <laughs> and a squelch. Uh, turn, turn it up and, and play it backwards later. It's, it's definitely there. Uh, joining me, uh, someone who I've known since she could belch but not speak, a balance that she has largely rectified over subsequent years, it's the quibbling sibling, Helen Zaltzman. Thank you, Andy. Thank Welcome. you. Welcome, uh, welcome back to the to, to the bugle. Uh, lovely to have you uh, have you on again. Um, how was so? Uh, I was away over Christmas. Um, how 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 did an Andyless Christmas work work out for you? Uh, well, uh, we were quarantined with COVID, so we had an everyone less Christmas. <laughs> so you could have been there for all I knew. Right, I didn't go. Uh, right. Sounds like you had a very nice one without the rest of us. It was uh, sensational and uh, unusually hot as Christmases go. Uh, bearing in mind I was in the incorrect hemisphere. Um, uh, joining us, someone who, by the most striking of contrasts, never occupied Alison Zaltzman's womb. But nevertheless, oh. ev- everyone is welcome <laughs> on the bugle. You made it weird! <laughs> Particularly. <laughs> After almost a year since he was last on uh, due to uh, busyness, uh, it's Hari Kondabolu. Welcome back, Hari. How are you? I, I, I appreciate being back, Andy, and I want to apologize for anything I did uh, that forced you to put me into bugle exile. <laughs> Um, you can call it busyness if you'd like, right. but I think we all know that I had been banned. <laughs> so, but well, I appreciate. I, I, I thank you for forgiving me. Right. Was it the stuff I said about cricket not being as good that, as, actually, as baseball? Could that actually, have done it? That, that definitely did it. That okay, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to cancel people who say okay. the unsayable. Well, I'll stop telling the truth then. <laughs> and what's even better than baseball is uh, themed mini golf. <laughs> and I will not take that back. Yeah, yeah. I've cancelled my own sister. This is uh, very bad. So, how's uh, how's the last uh, the last year been for you, Harry? Uh, you followed the news. <laughs> you know, it's it's. I've been home a lot. I have a a child. Did I have a baby child when we yes, last spoke? You did. So yep. he's sixteen months. He has uh, destroyed uh, many things already. Uh, he is beautiful. He takes up most of my uh, my time. Uh, I am happy. Uh, my favorite thing, first of all, let me say, I, I just slipped that in. I'm happy, which, by the way, means that my career in comedy is is I'll be I'll be producing soon. Is what that means. I'll be I'll be producing. No more writing and performing. Um, but yeah, like I I love having a kid and. I haven't shared this with anybody yet, but one of the things I love the most is that when, when people piss me off, I think to myself, ah, my son will avenge me. And it makes <laughs> everything feel so much better. And, and do you put pictures of these people up next to your, 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 your child's cot or bed? Like little so, mobile yeah. dangling over him of all your yeah. mortal yeah. enemies. Yeah. I mean, most kids will have the pictures of their heroes in the room and i want enemies up i want them to always keep their eyes on the prize your father needs the destruction of that twitter person whose name i real name i do not know but you must find them you must find this person hunt them down 
I don't think we had uh, pictures of heroes on our walls growing up because I don't think our parents wanted us to grow up with uh, aspirations. No, we had pictures of grouse <laughs> on the walls. Oh, yeah. Which is, uh, I aspire to be like those grouse. Quite odd. Tenacious despite lacking in any kind of aesthetic yes. merit. Uh, which is odd because I don't think anyone in our family has ever slain a grouse. Which um, Not yet. Yeah. No, I guess it's something to aspire to. We are recording on Monday the 7th of February. Tomorrow, the 8th of February, is World Opera Day. So if you're going to have a conversation on the 8th of February, uh, please make it ostentatiously melodic, over-emotional and totally incomprehensible. Uh, For uh, World Opera Day, we have a special opera section in the bin, including uh, reviews of all the latest opera books, including uh, I've Forgotten How to Talk, Do You Mind If I Warble, the uh, autobiography of Dame uh, Prunelia Storchlever, who famously caused the evacuation of Birmingham City Centre during a rehearsals for La Biscotta di Limoncelli when mistaken for a nuclear attack warning siren. Also, we review If You Can't Say It in Ten Words, Sing It in a Hundred, an opera librettist's guide to conversation by Professor Arnold Halberd, and uh, Everyday Opera Skills, How to Order Coffee Comprehensibly as a Soprano, a tenor's guide to singing your way out of a hostage situation. Uh, the key seem to be persistent and volume and Verdi for vets it turns out you can spay a cat anaesthetised with a well-sung blast of La Traviata uh, we also review a couple of new operas Can You Tone It Down A Bit I've Just Got The Baby To Sleep by a rhododendron Artley Smiles one of the top parenting operas of recent times and uh, of course Ernie Sniddles and the Porcupine another section in the bin this week an audio tapestry section um, obviously arts and crafts have uh, become more and more popular uh, over the last uh, 8,000 years and we give you an audio tapestry of a cityscape simply weaved together the 3,000 sound effects we will give you over the next 70-odd years of the Bugle, one a week to get a snapshot of life in a generic rendering of a big city. Uh, to start you off, here are the first three effects. <coughs> a special prize for whoever can tell us uh, what city uh, it is once you've pieced it all together. Do submit your entries by the 31st of December 2092 for your chance to win an anim- animatronic robot version of yourself at the age of your choosing. Uh, which we assume will be available by then, uh, with a Bugle logo tattooed across its face. Uh, those sections in the bin. <laughs> Top story this week. America is uh, still not entirely happy with itself. Uh, Hari, um, it's been a while, as we said, almost a year since you were last uh, on the Bugle. Uh, that was quite early on in the reign of Joe Biden as president. Uh how would you say things are now compared with almost a year ago in terms of just you know the general state of the state of the nation and your general state as someone who lives in that nation it's about the same i think the word rain is generous uh it's more of a a substituting he's like a substitute teacher it's just filling a spot until like somebody who should be there is there, you know. He's just, he's just, he's just grandpa holding the fort. You know what I mean? Well, I can, I can feel in the, the tone of your voice that you're, you know, was, wildly optimistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's the term. Now, uh, Donald Trump, um, God rest his soul, uh, is <laughs> back in the news uh, this week with uh, his former vice president, stroke um, chief enabler, Mike Pence. Uh, dismissing claims that he could have stopped Biden becoming president using some magical made-up vice presidential power. Uh, He said, I think pretty much for the first time, President Trump is wrong. 
I had no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. So you are, you part own the presidency. Um, but I mean, is there any, I mean, what, what, how, how is your relationship with sort of the, the Trump era retrospectively now uh, after, after this, this latest flare up? Well, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing. Um, I, I was, I was reading up a, about, you know, the, the Pence thing, which by the way, he, he, all he did was state, uh, a fact. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's not, it's, it wasn't an essay question where you can interpret it multiple ways. <laughs> it was a true or false. And he said that was, was false. But there's, and, no such, there's no such thing as true or false anymore, Hari. That is, well, that is well a- that's the thing. Like I started it, like that, like, I didn't understand how this could be possible. And then all of a sudden it jogged my memory for a year and a half ago. Like it felt like I had blocked the last four years of the, you know, the tweets and the, uh, you know, and, and the meanness and all that. And all of a sudden it hit me that all those things happened. And I got very emotional and upset because I had put it in a place I didn't want to ever get to. But then I had agreed to do this program. And so I had to read about it. <laughs> right. So we've and treated so, you essentially. It's awful because right. the idea of up, be, up and down and left and right all being the same and the rules one day change the next day. Like I, I need consistency. I need structure in my life. And, what, and you just want all facts all the time. I just want <laughs> all facts. I want the truth. And uh, oh, I didn't is, say facts. Sorry, I said fash. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, again, the story is, is so frustrating because, again, he legally, according to the Constitution, uh, which is the document everyone cites as the end all, uh, he is not allowed to not certify the election. He can't stop. He has no power to do it. He could have delayed it, possibly. He could have faked a stomach ache. He could have made some bathroom trips a bomb threat, <laughs> fire alarm goes. There's, there was, there were some small choices he could have made, but nothing that could have really changed the outcome of the election. And, and, and even like people who are writing from the left, they keep saying he condemned Trump and he did not. He just said that the fact he, he said was, was incorrect. He didn't say Joe Biden won the election. He didn't say Donald Trump, uh, may, you know, his actions led to the insurrection on the Capitol. He didn't say there was no voter fraud. No, he just said a thing that is li- <laughs> that is literally incorrect. He did not show any strength. Mike Pence, more like Mike Farthing. <gasps> Whoa, pre-decimalization jokes. <laughs> see, see, you didn't expect that. I didn't. Not coming from you. With yeah, your, with so your I threw that. Base I threw that in currencies. There. All, all, all the, all the rambling before, which uh, posed as some kind of political discourse. No, just trying to set up an old currency joke. <laughs> hey, what a pro! I have a question. Mm-hmm. What is Mike Pence up to? Because uh, if he's going, no, I, I couldn't have done that. It sounds like he's trying to distance himself from the whole Trump thing. Is that because he's planning to run for president? Uh, that, or he, for the first time, thought about history. And what his place in it is, but most likely because he wants to run for president. Uh, um, is it not because I mean he's famously a God-fearing man, and it possibly yeah. that he suddenly realised that he really ought to be fearing God 
even more than he used to after the festival of anti-Christian values that was the Trump-Pence years. Correct. So when he does meet his God, his God is going to be f***ing cross with him, isn't he? And I mean, maybe this is, this is he's factoring in to his... I mean, obviously God is a little behind on the paperwork, probably still stuck somewhere around the mid-16th century working out who shouldn't, shouldn't be set on fire. But, you know, it, right. at some point, Mike Pence is going to have to front up to God and... Issue him a strongly worded apology. I don't think Pence fears God as much as he fears human women. (laughs) (laughs) Another women's march could finish him. He calls his wife mother, doesn't he? (laughs) I believe that's true. He calls his his wife mother. Like now, why is it considered sexy when people call men daddy in a um, sexual context, but not mother? But they don't say father. Notice how they don't say father. I don't know what people do. Oh, yeah, father. They yes, might have, father. like, Victorian roleplay. I don't know. Yes, mother, yes. Give me some breakfast, mother. <laughs> I am hungry. Steve Bannon was very cross with Mike Pence. Helen, I know you, you've always been a massive fan of uh, of Steve Bannon. I've been sure. uh, trying to get, get him on your I think that's libel, Andy. For, for years. Um, I've seen the tattoo. Um <laughs> He said, "You will carry this to your grave, to to, to Mike Pence." Which is, uh, I mean, bearing in mind that Steve Bannon very much has the the the, the mien, the 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 aura of someone who is not only spiritually but physically reporting from the bowels of hell. Um, that, that's that's quite a, that's quite a, that's quite a scurrilous accusation. You'll carry this to your grave. Um. Why is uh, anyone giving Steve Bannon press? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Trump has hinted in in classic Trumpic fashion that if that if he wins a second term in 2024, and let's let's just have a few moments to contemplate that we live in a world where that is even a remote theoretical possibility, and then a few more moments to reflect on the fact that at long last we have beyond conclusive proof that we live in a godless universe. Mm. But if Trump wins a second term, he would pardon many of those charged for attacking the Capitol last January the 6th in the final throbbing lunacies of, of, of his reign. I mean, he's proved himself thus to be essentially a despot and also a coward. So if you will, a chicken Caesar... Um, (laughs) that's not bad I would just warn you Andy uh, never make a joke about Caesar salads that imply they're anything to do with Julius Caesar because I once did that and I heard for about two years from people correcting me (laughs) even though I already knew it was a different Caesar so goodbye to your life who is correcting you? One, because you listen to podcasts, Harry. No offence, <laughs> listeners. But some of you could uh, really use some hobbies. <laughs> is, it, is it really possible that he could not only run but win, do you think, Harry? I really hope we're underwater by then, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> um, and, and this is from a new father. Right. Um, I, I really hope we're underwater as opposed to uh, this human being running the show again. Yeah, I do think it's possible. Yes. Yes, I do think it's possible um that that mistake gets repeated again yes Yes. i mean we did on the bugle many years ago joke about the prospect of donald trump becoming uh president chris i can't remember exactly when that was was it 2012 or uh it happened it happened more than once um but yeah Yeah. around then i don't think we ever thought even humorously 
about the possibility of him <laughs> serving two non-consecutive terms. Um, anyway. Grover Cleveland, <laughs> as it's referred to. Sorry to be a downer, but isn't it possible that Trump won't serve a second term because someone much better at being evil will do it? Oh, the Antichrist returning. Uh, yeah, the saying. Antichrist. Yeah. yeah. Back for a second term. <laughs> it's possible. Um, so, so we are a year into... Uh, uh, so we are just over a year into Biden's um, term term of office. I mean, clearly, it's a tricky job being president of America at the best of times, but taking over after... Well, look, I guess it was like taking over as curator of a Ming vase museum from Randy Trevor, the Ming vaseophile bull. Um, there's... <laughs> You know, a lot of physical and reputational mess to clear up, a lot of things to fix, no real prospects of people being able to get out of their heads the, the, the images of what, of what has happened. But, I mean, how would you assess Biden so far, Ari? Uh, it has been very disappointing. Uh, and it is right, you're right, he, he, uh, he, he inherited a disaster, but he also has a Democratic House and Senate. He's been unable to easily get an infrastructure bill through. That was the struggle. Um, uh, restoring voting rights, ending the filibuster, all the things we foolishly thought were possible were impossible, uh, are impossible. And the reason for that is that there have been two Democratic senators uh, that have gotten the way. That's Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, who uh, I'm sure are still Democrats to avoid all the paperwork to formally become Republicans. <laughs> Like, it's weird having a Democratic majority when you have those two as part of the majority is like being in an open relationship where only your partner is allowed to see other people. <laughs> you know how quite a lot of places in the US have animals as mayors, like Idlewild, California has got like golden retriever as mayor. Um, everyone loves that. So why not a golden retriever president? <laughs> that would be popular well, and probably a... not as bad as a lot of the humans who've done it yeah and it would have you know visible enthusiasm yeah, the a lot of good vibes fame. yeah exactly you know um, but the shedding though right well, get, we th a, get like a labradoodle then they oh. don't shed moving uh, north of the the border uh, Helen mm. uh, a huge scandal involving uh, another animal in the Canadian town of Wyatton um, uh, involving uh, a groundhog. Yes, uh, Wyatt Willie is uh, a famous albino groundhog uh, who does the Groundhog Day thing of coming out, prognosticating the weather. Except it seems like the life of Wyatt and Willie or Wyatt and Willies has been marked by a lot of scandal, lies, tragedy. Um, Wyatt and Willie did not appear in last year's Groundhog Day, right. uh, because it was live streamed for coronavirus. But um, Wyatt and Willie was actually dead, died of a tooth abscess. And because right. he's an albino groundhog, quite hard to replace in a hurry because most of them are brown. Right. Um, but I do wonder why people would be that upset by an animal, which has supposedly been popping up like for decades, this tradition has been going on, that an animal would die. We know that animals are mortal. A, a, a groundhog, such as Wyatt and Willie, their life expectancy is like uh, 10 years. Right. So why be upset? Why not? The, the last, uh, the previous Wyatt and Willie, they um, died two days before Groundhog Day and they couldn't source a stand-in in time. So oh. they had a funeral for him instead, except he was played by a taxidermied groundhog. 
that really? died a while ago because Wyatt and Willie was too putrid. So can we not just, trust anything? Anymore? You can't. You really can't. I mean, part of the problem was the fact that they couldn't easily replace the groundhog because they needed a white albino groundhog with red eyes. Like, just use a regular groundhog. White supremacy works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Well, this year they've gone for a regular groundhog, which I guess now they can bump it off every year and uh, easily sub it in. Why didn't they try a weekend at Bernie's solution? Easily could have played a, a recording of the groundhog making sounds, maybe stuffed it with a remote-controlled car to move it around. That would have gotten them through the day. Yeah, the first ever Watt and Willie groundhog event um, in 1956, the groundhog was actually played by a fur hat. Really? <laughs> Do you know why? What, what I- happened? I think because... How do you know that? <laughs> I have my sources. Uh, because um, there was a local resident called Mac McKenzie who wanted to show off Wharton to friends and so decided a Groundhog Day gathering would be it. And a reporter from the Toronto Star showed up and ultimately there was no Groundhog Day event because it was really just a big uh, piss up. And the reporter was like, well, if I'm going to expense this, I need to see a f***ing groundhog. So Mac McKenzie <laughs> just uh, put his wife's furry hat in a snowdrift. Right. And uh, that's that was the first groundhog in right. Wyatton. I-, I hope that residents take some solace that this is a stupid ritual that will hopefully uh, end with their children. Have right. we considered replacing the president of the United States with a hat? <laughs> Well, I think, uh, I mean, that nearly Could happened worse. in Abraham Lincoln's time, I think. Oh. Um, but, it, was, uh, it was smart to for yeah. Lincoln to build a coalition with his hat. Yes. And, well, I mean, they, they worked very harmoniously together. Um, but I think the hat could have done a pretty solid job, I reckon. I mean, who, who came after Lincoln? Was it Jackson? No, it was... Uh, Johnson. Johnson, Andrew Johnson. Johnson. Mm. Okay, Johnson. Hat would have done a better job. The, the, hat, the hat would have done a better job, I reckon. The groundhog, if the groundhog saw its shadow, there'd be six more weeks of winter. That is the, the tradition, uh, both in the U.S. and in Canada. It is also uh, the only uh, climate change that Republicans believe in. Winter Olympics news now, and it is underway. The Winter Olympics, the quadrennial festival of people saying "fuck you" to physics, um, or pushing stones very slowly along the floor. Um, it's uh, a curious one, uh, Beijing, twenty twenty two, because of all, all the stuff that's happened uh, happens around uh, Beijing and the opening ceremony. Um, well, I mean, it tried to uh, send out a message of of unity that was um well slightly undermined by the fact that uh unity has been in uh, somewhat short supply in in china uh, particularly in certain parts uh, of china uh, Hari, how did you uh, how did you enjoy the opening opening ceremony i was curious what um china's muslim population known as the uyghurs thought of it but they really weren't able to share their opinion because they're probably in some underground prison somewhere there are so many reasons why I hate this, this, this whole Olympics. First of all, so many human rights were violated, uh, in just the building of all the Olympic stadiums. Uh, it's not even people's favorite Olympics. 
it's the winter ones. That's like the second favorite Olympics. Hey, so so all these people Olympics, are, all the are dying. <laughs> I mean, people are dying for curling, which if you didn't know it was a sport, just looks like ice rink maintenance, right? <laughs> With brooms and some kind of stone buffing device. Like, why are we doing this for something a small percentage of people care about? Well, I'd, 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 I'd go against that. Uh, and I think Helen, you're on, on side with me here. I think this is the greatest Olympics, the, the Winter Olympics, the greatest of all the two different Olympics is, um, because, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, humans were, were, you know, generally we have been constrained by physics. And for most of human history, people haven't done, you know, 1920 degree pirouettes in the air whilst flying down a mountain, uh, with a bit of wood on their feet. And I think this shows what is possible, not only, you know, in terms of our, our conquering of the, the natural world, but also of, you know, what we have to do increasingly, the level of skill required to be able to overlook the human rights abuses that are going on behind the scenes. Because I think if it was only a 1080, I, I don't I don't think that'd be <laughs> enough on the snowboard now, but now it's up to 1920. I think we can we can pretty much overlook anything now. I mean, that is spectacular stuff. Sorry, it was such a long sentence, I forgot oh. where it started. <laughs> what I was supposed to say. You must be used to that one, Adam. When it sort of began as a question, and then it's... Um... I've had two birthdays since that sentence began. <laughs> I mean, where else can we see a competition uh, where a nation like Haiti has little to no chance of winning other than at the Winter Olympics and global capitalism? <laughs> the- isn't that something? Yeah. Also, uh, if you didn't know, Haiti has an alpine skier that is competing, which should be a Disney movie. Yeah, matter of time. Just a matter of time. Surely. Uh, some of the movies that uh, might be made about this uh, this Olympics might not be the happiest. There's been uh, numerous complaints from um, participants about the, the level of service uh, they're getting, um, complaints that they're having to compete and it's too cold in the uh, cross-country skiing. Uh, Polish speed skater Natalia Malashevska um, said she's been living in fear in a Beijing COVID isolation ward. She was released back to the Olympic Village, but then taken from her room at 3am back to the isolation ward due to an administrative blooper. She said, I've cried until I have no more tears. My heart and mind can't take this anymore. Which suggests she might not be having the Olympics of her dreams, but she is halfway to a decent blues album. Um, <laughs> the... the um, Finnish ice hockey player Marco Antilla has claimed he's being kept in COVID isolation for no reason, and the Finnish doctor said these decisions are not based on medicine or science. It's more cultural and political. Um, I don't know what the you know, political beef between Finland and China is, um, but, I mean, there must be something. Uh, something, lake jealousy, uh, perhaps, uh, we don't know. The um, German skiing coach Christian Schweiger complained there was no hot food for athletes, he said the catering is extremely questionable because it's not really catering at all, which is gets quite philosophical, doesn't it? You know, when when <laughs> when is catering not not catering? He said uh, there are crisps, nuts, chocolate, and nothing else. But that's that's three of the five main food groups. I don't know why I'd whinge about missing two of them. That's... I thought the Olympic Village had a KFC in it. <laughs> well, this, this time, really? Yeah. Well, maybe they're only serving nuts, crisps, and chocolates. <laughs> it's very <laughs> off-brand. Um, one of the highlights of the opening ceremony was Vladimir Putin, um, much uh, much in the news, um, 
falling asleep when the Ukrainian team entered entered the arena, or I mean, I don't know if he was actually asleep. Helen, I remember when when uh, when when we were kids and, and we went on long car journeys, and you would uh, flatly deny having been asleep. Yes, and it was never asleep on those journeys, Andy. In the back of the car. You can't you prove I was. Absolutely denied. <laughs> I was faking it. Right. As a protest against um, an Olympic team. Yes. Because but- I'm a basic level troll. <laughs> <laughs> Putin is Putin is obviously being childish, but it's better than his other idea, which was to do a crotch chop and say, suck it. <laughs> suck it, Ukraine. So in that way, he he took the... He took the high road. Yeah. He might have done that afterwards. Yes, yes. Uh, So, Russian athletes were prohibited from competing for Russia. Yes. But they are competing as the Russian Olympic Committee and wearing the Russian flag and Putin was there. So, how are they banned exactly? Well, um, uh, they're banned exactly in that that way, Helen, that they they have to have... Olympic Committee, or Olympic Committee, after the name of their country. And Every athlete's I, worst nightmare. Well, exactly. I don't think the international sporting community can send a stronger message about about institutionalised cheating than making people have a, a slightly longer country name. I don't, yeah, you know, I don't see what else what else they could possibly do. Well, also think about all the the jersey sales that they're going to lose in Russia from speed skating and curling and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, any number of sports which are very popular all the time and not just for a two-week period every four years. Uh, you know, that's, that's really the tragedy. Uh, royal, uh, royal family news now. And, um, Helen, uh, I know you're um, obsessed with the royal family and have been sure. uh, ever since birth. Uh, you were born, of course, famously, in time to see... Uh, Charles and Diana uh, marry the following year. Um, that's your devotion to the royals as an institution. And Britain can now rest easy because the Queen has said that uh, Camilla, uh, the wife of uh, Prince Charles, um, will. Uh, she wants her to be Queen Consort. Obviously, yeah. you know. Not Princess all- Consort, like some kind of fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the degradation um, of being Princess, not Queen. But, I mean. All the things that have been tearing Britain apart over recent years—you know, Brexit, COVID, Boris Johnson—all the all the things that have that have sundered us as a nation. I mean, worrying about the exact title that Camilla will have when Prince Charles—that's probably the most the, the biggest thing dividing our nation. Yeah, you know it's been keeping me awake uh, since yeah. Charles and Camilla got married in two thousand and five, uh, and yeah. the plan was just to call her Princess Consort, even though it's usual practice to call the royal wives queen consort when uh, their husbands become king but it was a diss because uh, she's not diana but now the queen is like yeah she can be queen consort that's what i want and uh, <laughs> just look out, it's not like one of my other children is awaiting a trial for sex crimes <laughs> this is the important <laughs> shit right you know it's like they're building her a chair from which to look at peasants below and they're like well we said it was only going to be 17 meters high but it's going to be 18 meters <laughs> Is it still, That's how important this is. Is it still special to be the queen uh, for the first time when you're 80? Like, is that still a big deal? Like, oh, I'm finally the queen. I'm 80 years old. So now I can live quietly as other people take care of me like I was 80 in a care facility. Like, absolutely <laughs> nothing is different 
when you become queen at 80. So why... Ask Joe Biden what it was like becoming president at 78. <laughs> uh, a quick uh, UK politics update now. We reported on the, uh, the, the, the publication of the Sue Gray report uh, last week and Boris Johnson is, uh, well, he's fighting on the Muhammad Ali of our times, floating like a whale corpse, <laughs> stinging like a lemon squeezed into our national eyeball. Um, there's been... A slew of resignations um, from uh, within the Downing Street staff, including his head of policy, Manira Mirza, uh, who resigned over Johnson's baseless, horse-shitterous claim that Keir Starmer, the leader of the Labour Party, when he was director of public prosecutions, had chosen not to prosecute uh, Jimmy Savile. She described it as a scurrilous accusation, which is fancy talk for a massive lie uh, in the House of Commons, um, which would ordinarily be a resignation um, offence, but we live in uh, post-decency uh, times. I think he's got a new head of propaganda, Guto Harry, who very generously uh, today said his boss is, quotes, not a complete clown. Is this the summit of our national ambition now, Helen, to have a well, Prime Minister who's not a complete clown? I think he's right. Boris Johnson is not a complete clown. I don't think he's even partial clown. Right. I think he's a highly calculating, conscious-free aristocrat. Right. Is that so, not what clowns are? I mean, clowns are very, very calculating as far as behind all that. I suppose those, you do have reason. to know how you're going to fall down so you don't hurt no. yourself. Yeah. Uh, also, when uh, they had their first meeting, having hired Gude Hari, uh, they sang Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive to each other, <laughs> swapping lines. <laughs> yes. Um, and which includes, of course, the, the line, I spent oh so many nights just feeling sorry for myself, I used to cry, which is not what you want in a prime minister. This all this talk of you know at this time of, of of global crises, we don't want a prime minister who is weeping himself to sleep in a fug of self pity. But that does appear to be um, what we have. Guto Harry also said he's not the devil like some have mischaracterised him, and I hope we haven't mischaracterised Boris Johnson as the devil. No, he's all too human. Well, I mean, the devil has a far greater dip, grip on detail, logistics, messaging, and leadership. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Jacob Rees Mogg. Um, again, one of his chief enablers, the Archduke of Anachronism, the MP for much brazen and uppity, tried to excuse Johnson's behaviour by uh, pointing out that he'd won the election, Boris Johnson, in 2019 and therefore has a mandate, uh, which it turns out is a mandate to do whatever the f*** he wants. Now, that, that isn't really how mandates work. And also, I don't remember that bit of the manifesto from which he got his mandate. That 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 bit. I mean, obviously, no one read the manifesto. Maybe that's the problem. But I don't remember the bit about him, you know, outright lying in, in Parliament uh, and breaking his own laws and uh, just generally displaying a, a phenomenal lack of sensitivity in a delicate situation. But if this is how democracy works, and emphatically, it's not, maybe we should be thankful that Johnson restricted himself to just ignoring his own laws and not always hitting the trouble 20 of truth with his parliamentary darts. Because, according to Jacob Rees-Mogg, we had, in effect, voted for him to do... You know, he could have been throwing 50 kittens into a cement mixer every morning, live on children's television. He could have replaced the cenotaph with an animatronic statue of himself mooning towards Big Ben. He could have launched a nuclear attack on Canada because he won that election, according to the Rees-Moggian theory of politics. So perhaps we should be thankful that he is merely debasing democracy and uh, the office of Prime Minister. 
Uh, well, that brings us to the end of this week's uh, Bugle. Don't forget to buy your tickets to my stand-up tour, which begins on the 25th of February in Leamington Spa. Details on the internet. We've also added some dates in May at the Soho Theatre. Do come to all of those shows. It is the Satirist for Hire show, so do submit your satirical requests for topics for me to uh, satirise at the show you're coming to, uh, to satirise this at satiristforhire.com. Um, Helen, what have Hi. you got to plug at the moment? Uh, well, there's my podcast, The Illusionist, uh, which is about to come back for 2022. I also did a guest spot on uh, the podcast Bullseye, interviewing the actor Kristen Bell. All right. Yeah, uh, which what, is strange. What is, is it a darts podcast? or? Uh, yeah, we talked for an hour about uh, darts, which she doesn't <laughs> play, so uh, she was just mystified as to why she was there. <laughs> there's a niche for everything in the podcast world. Uh, Harry? I am uh, going on tour for the first time in uh, in two years as a result of a uh, global pandemic. Um, so uh, just uh, it'll be all spring, a few dates, March 10th to 12th in Burlington, Vermont, the Vermont Comedy Club, March 24th to 26th at the Laughing Tap in Milwaukee, April 2nd at the Grand Opera House in Wilmington, Delaware, and April 7th through 9th at the Comedy Loft in Washington, D.C., and you can get information at hurrykundabolu.com. Again, uh, this is asterisk uh, pending uh, the state uh, of the global pandemic. Uh, don't forget to join the Bugle Voluntary Subscription Scheme to give a one-off or recurring donation to keep the show free, flourishing, and independent. Go to thebuglepodcast.com, where you can also if you take out a premium level subscription have a lie told about you like the following people this week's lies are entirely related to the winter olympics simon blunt is disappointed by the use of only blue and red as the colors for the flags and gates in alpine skiing events he explains the last thing i want when i'm watching people wanging themselves down a mountain at 80 miles an hour is to be thinking Is this supposed to be some kind of satire on the cyclical nature of American politics and that you have to somehow try to negotiate your way from Democrat to Republican and back again, going right to the extreme edge of each to stay in play, hoping you don't get things wrong and have a terrible accident? That's not what I want when I'm watching sports. I just want to watch the sport. Jennifer Schubert agrees and goes one step further than that even and says... Look, if they're going to turn skiing into a satire on the pointlessness of American bipartisan party politics, I think they need to make it a bit less oblique. I'd rather they had to ski between alternate pairs of actual donkeys and elephants. In fact, I'd rather see that anyway, especially as you could easily end up with the magnificent sight of a champion skier zooming into the finish area in hot pursuit of a herd of confused, gravity-addled elephants and donkeys. I would definitely watch that, she concludes. Whilst rightly mesmerised by the extraordinarily multifaceted skills of ice hockey, Sam East believes the sport could be improved if the attacking team could physically move the goal. It would bring a new dimension to the tactics of hockey, postulates Sam, and it would make life a bit more exciting for the goaltenders. Travel broadens the mind, as they say, and you could have a couple of extra players on the ice as well as goal shifters. There always seem to be a lot of spare folks sitting around waiting for something to do, which seems very wrong in this busy, busy world. Tor Oystein Andersen, meanwhile, is quadrennially annoyed by Olympic figure skating. 
Look, I appreciate the skill of the skaters, says Tor, and the fact that the sport heroically sustains the global sequin industry. But why, oh why, are these people allowed to choose their own music and practice for it in advance? Where's the skill in that? They shouldn't know what tunes they have to skate to until they get on the ice, and then they should improvise their twiddly twaddlies and spinny jump jumps, or whatever they're called, around a medley of pop, classical, jazz, funk, grime and grunge. And finally... Chris Billing admires ski jumping and the people who are prepared to do it for the entertainment of others, but believes that it too could be improved by introducing an element of medieval jousting. Let's face it, says Chris, it does get a little bit repetitive after a while, and it's not as if, like in pole vault, they're having to jump over an increasingly wide crevasse in the ice. So let's stick another ramp at the other end of the arena, give them each a big stick and some armour, and watch the viewing figures go through the roof. Here endeth this week's Icy Lies. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now.